Welcome to the Militant Grind podcast featuring our exceptional guest, TJ Stooks, a Bronx native and former foster child. TJ's remarkable journey took him from Mount Vernon, New York, to becoming a notable figure in basketball and entertainment. Known as Tomahawk Stooks, during his professional basketball career with the Harlem Wizards, he later transitioned into a coaching role at Northern New Mexico College. TJ also shined as Player 182 on Netflix's Squid Game, The Challenge. Demonstrating his leadership and resilience, beyond the court, he's made strides in acting, including a role in Netflix film, Hustle. Alongside with his wife, he won $50,000 on TBS's The Cube. Together, he and his wife run a gym in El Paso, training both adults and youth. Join us as we explore TJ's inspiring story from his early years in New York to his diverse successes today. TJ, how are you today, sir? I'm all good. I woke up. I'm happy. Man, uh, I mean, of course you are, man. You're like one of the most positive guys I have ever witnessed in my life, man. Like, <laughs> man, like I was <laughs> like, I became a big fan of uh the Squid Games, man. And like the way your your thought process and like your leadership skills and how you were like. You know, it's like, man, we're in this together. But then me, I looked at it almost like, man, only one person can win $456 million, you know? But like, you kind of like, was like, you know what? I know it's, it's, you know, we're all trying to win some money, but then it's like, you know, we're still in this together to try to win the money, you know? And I, and I admired that because me, I would have been like, man, F everybody, man, I got to get mine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That, that would have been the easy route. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. but uh to be a light in a place full of darkness is was the challenge for me right. so um so I, i'm a guy who loves challenges i mean like i'll, I'll put myself in the harder route just because it's a challenge mm-hmm. and and um with that you know like i i my my play style in basketball showed truly you know how I, I like being a good teammate being uplifting being positive yet stern and um that you know there's so much they didn't show so much that they um glazed over the thing is the the one thing that really uh, um stood out to me that somebody else said about me somebody said you was a fearless leader but you was a fearless listener mm-hmm. i'm like oh shit was i <laughs> all right <laughs> And, and you know, and that person who said that it was also on the Squid Game, and she said she was just like, "Yeah, you made time for everyone. You didn't go in your corner and, you know, just just be like this closed off guy. You made time to get to know every single person that was there, mm-hmm. whether it was good or bad. And I seen it. And I pay attention. She, you know, Leanne, the older lady, the mother son duo, the mother. Yeah." Um, she is wise. She's super wise. And, you know, she was just saying that, you know, I, I observed you for uh, like two days and you are probably the one of the most pure souls in here. And she said, how do you expect to win? Mm. You know, because it's a cutthroat game. You know, I, I said, I'd rather lose by a game any day than be eliminated by somebody else because of some ill will they feel against me. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't have no strategy. All I was was being myself. And uh, um, I think that pressure situation 
uh, doubled my, of who who I am mm-hmm. because it, it showed brighter than it, it obviously with the lights on. And um, man, I, I that was rough. I tell you, this it was rough. But like being being continuously positive in a place full of night. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's something that I've seen, you know, there was a lot of, you know, what I would say backstabbing, you know what I mean? Like people, you know, just, it was a lot going on, but you were like the only one that remained so positive, like during that entire time. And it was kind of funny how just because you were, you know, so positive, like people didn't like you because of that, you know, it's like your light, you know, it's like say they were vampires, and when the light comes on, they're like, ah, you know, like that's how, <laughs> you know, like that's how that's how I felt. And I was just like, how could somebody not like this guy? Like everybody, you know, but then it's but you know, like we said, there's I mean, not like we said, but as we know, you know, when you are the light and people are dwelling in darkness, it could, you know, it could hurt their eyes. You know what I mean? Like if you're dwelling in darkness for days and the lights come on, it's gonna hurt, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, shit. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, like all the the people there, they are good people. Mm-hmm. You know, even the ones that got portrayed as a villain or bad are mm-hmm. still good people because, you know, like the thing is, I had to earn this personality of who I am. I had mm-hmm. to earn it mm-hmm. because I went through so much. Uh, uh, trauma in my life you know my family went through so much trauma in their lives also and you know we shared that trauma and um it ate it it ate my soul it ate my soul for like a decade or two you know mm-hmm. and then when i realized damn why am i so tired all the time or why am i just sad out of nowhere and why am i trying harder to make other people happy when i feel like shit lately mm-hmm um, I when I realized the source, and the, the source was me, right? You know, like me being, uh, like I'm gonna be straight up, brother to brother. I, I was a former narcissist. You know, uh, um, I straight up wanted everything to work in my favor. I wanted, you know, uh, um, if I can't, if I can't get it my way, I'll have it work so I can work it around me. Mm-hmm. And when I when I sat down and sat in that shame and guilt and anger and and you know just feeling stupid like what why, why did I do that mm-hmm. like when I sat in that you know I, I felt like my light got brighter significantly and um and when I realized my light got brighter I'm like damn I gotta share this feeling like, right. I feel amazing about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, not no, not no arrogant, no cocky. Just like I feel so much better about me. I don't feel drained no more. I don't feel like I need to do that anymore. I don't feel. I feel like the truth always set people free, and I, I just feel like I feel so like just a brand new human being. You know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and when I when I earned that, I, I felt like now it's my duty to make somebody's day better. If I could just say, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. You don't know how many times I went to get Starbucks, right? And got and a guy in the register, how are you doing today? And, and I'm like, I'm good. How are you, man? You you okay? Is something's wrong. Like you look like something's wrong. Like you okay? And and 
breakdown crying. Like, I'm like, what? What, what happened? Like, what's wrong? Mm. And I get to know this person. Yeah, and this, this happened multiple times because, you know, me traveling, I travel so much. Mm. And, and, you know, people just don't get asked, genuinely, how are you? You know, it, it's, it's a, like a courtesy to say that back. Like, oh, how are you? And, and you know, when I when I realized, like, damn, I like, maybe, like, I can just do that all the time. Right. And then, you know, when you when you listen to people's stories, you like why they're like that is like you're you may be completely opposite physically, but mm. we're the same emotionally and mentally. Right. right. And, and, you know, like that's that's I created bonds like friendships, lifelong friendships with a random person, like <laughs> random people like in Target and in Walmart and Starbucks and Burger King, you know, like I'm just mm-hmm. because, because I just I listen to them because that's one thing as as forget a man as a human being, we just mm-hmm. want to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and like that doubt I felt like it was my duty just to listen to people now. After I grew out of that dumbass phase I was in. Right. Where my decisions where my decisions hurt more than just me. Wow. That's amazing that you say that because, you know, usually I I read that you're from New York and well, you are from New York and, you know, you were in foster care. Right. And then I know, of course, you're a black man and in the black community, a lot of us tend to, you know, thrive off of victimhood. You know, like we love being victims. It's like, say I grew up with both my parents in the household and you grew up in foster care. So it'll probably be like an upside for you to say, man, I grew up in foster care, man. I went through all of this pain. I went through all of this trauma. And, you know, you use that as an esteem for yourself. Like say I grew up in a neighborhood where it was a bunch of foster kids, you know, and it was just like, we were bragging. Well, they were bragging on, you know, who had the tougher life, you know, that made you a tougher or better person, you know? So it's kind of interesting. Like when I, when I researched and I figured, I was like, wow, he was in foster care. Like, you know, just because I know I have like plenty of friends, you know, dude, we, I read that you were also born in 84, you two years older than me. And I know during that time, you know, the crack epidemic hit the inner city and there was a lot of broken homes, you know, like say like, you know, I'm, I'm from LA. So a lot of my friends were in foster care. A lot of them, you know, parents on drugs, dad in jail, and they had to cope with like being normal kids going through all of this trauma. You know, like a a lot of my friends ended up telling me now that we're adults that, you know, their parents had drug problems and they went through all of these different things. But then it's like during that time, you know, no kid is going to say, yeah, my mom's on crack and I need help. You know, it's like, man, you a weenie. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you know, it's like nobody's got to listen to that. But now I'm just like, wow, like we, you know, a lot of us had to cope with a lot of pains that we didn't have any outlets for. You know, so me hearing your story, I'm not sure what kind of trauma you went through, but it's kind of amazing to see, you know, you not growing up with like, you know, the standard American family lifestyle and still able to, you know, be such a, a inspiring leader and motivational person when you're almost like the only black man in the whole 400 you know people i'm not sure i I mean i'm not sure how many it was but like from what i've seen you were like the only like brother in there you know 
There were there was a few, but there was there was they was from Spain, you know. Uh. They were a few was overseas from Japan, mm-hmm. you know. Like there was a few, but like the only like brother, like you right. know what I mean. You feel right. me? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I right. was that was. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. Me. To see like all of those people, you know, confiding you from different, you know, from all over the world, you know, like they confided in you, like, yeah, we want TJ. TJ is the man, and so you know, let's go over not to like you know go back, but I want to go over like how it was for you growing up, you know, and just like to just so people could see some of the things that you went through that basically you know you had to overcome to be such a inspirational person the inspirational person you are um so the i remember my mom she like you said uh when you were saying the crack epidemic right mm-hmm. but she was on the other side of it uh, um she got caught with drugs a mm-hmm. lot of them and she i i just started to know my mother on a um after like five years after she got out of jail so she did a 10-year bid and so my my dad he had me you know from my beginning years you know my my mom had me and then she got caught with this that stuff and, and you know like she did her bit right mm-hmm. and so my dad had me for five years and then my mom she got out you know and, and I didn't get to know her like that because my dad didn't trust her but the thing is my dad he was doing his own thing too mm-hmm. so. My mom's, my sisters were scattered to the wind when my my youngest sister was born in prison. Mm-hmm. My my um my uh well, my eldest sister she was with my grandma and then my other sister was with her um her her mom. So I have three sisters from the same mom and one sister from my dad. Mm-hmm. So um you know like it was just it was like we was scattered to the wind and then when my mom got out you know obviously she wanted me back so with her being an ex-con she had to go through certain things and and the custody battle was ugly and i was right in the middle of it Mm. and um so like you know fast forward years where um my dad he my 18th birthday he sent me the full transcript of the custody battle from beginning all the way to the two-year end and my mom you know like she eventually got me back around seven years old mm-hmm. and so my mom passed on the anger to me about my dad and um that was a start of like rage and, and anger and hate eating at me mm-hmm. and so um when i got this transcript from my father you know, like I hated my dad so much because he wasn't around. You know, he was doing his own thing, and, and we lived maybe ten miles away, and I only seen him maybe three times in from eight years old to like sixteen. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, um, I was furious at him. But then I got this transcript, and I'm reading it, and I started my anger shifted to my mom because she was manipulating she was basically manipulating um me mm-hmm. and making making it seem like he wasn't there he didn't want to be there then um you know reading the transcript i found out that the ugly names they called each other 
the, you know, the, just what she said about me, what she said about my dad, what he said about her, what he said about me, and realizing that, damn, that's why I was so fucked up. Because I'm here, I'm hearing like two different sides from two people I, I supposed to love and they're passing off their negative connotations to me. And uh, um, and that's just my parents. Like, I ran with the wrong people for a long time. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not no gangster. I'm not no G. Like, but the thing is, I know how to hold my own. Right. And I hung, I, but I hung around those people mm-hmm. all the time. And so got, I got caught up with the drugs, the same thing, you know, like gun violence. I seen too much. You know, pe- one of my friends was killed in front of me, like shot in the face. I'm like, what the f-? You know, like, I thought I was doing, like, I thought I was just chilling. I was sitting on the back of the car and dude put, ran up on a bot. What? And, and wow. so, like, you know, um, lost my best friend. I carried him to the hospital and find out that he was dead the whole time I carried him. Um, you know, and I had no outlet because I didn't, I was, didn't want to be an athlete. My dad was an athlete. I didn't want to have nothing, nothing, no similarities to him. Already had his name. Didn't want to, didn't want to have his name. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, so, you know, I'm just like, what the fuck? and I'm bouncing. So I'm bouncing back from, you know, place to place to place to place to place while they're trying to figure out what to do with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this and, is like we're in foster care, like you were just yeah. Oh, okay, so like I'm just like, oh, I'm go there. All right, go there. All right, go there. This is all I'm moved maybe eight, nine times in a year, and I was living out of suitcase mm-hmm. as a ten year old. So um, and, and you know, then going back to my dad, meeting this chick I've never met that he's about to marry, and then going back to foster care. Yeah. And then, you know, like being my mom and she don't know how to love because she was in jail for 10 years for a whole decade mm-hmm. and not having that motherly love, but knowing she loved me, you know, right. um, not knowing my sisters like that, you know, I was, I was, we were messed up. We were a messed up family, uh, um, you know, and the, I think the breaking the, the 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 thing that broke the straw was for me to like like get out. I saw my dad and I fought like I fought my dad. It was something oh, so so stupid. It was over a ring that I lost and I fought him. Mm-hmm. And that was like I'm, I said I'm done with everything. I'm done with you with her with like my mom and my dad. I said I'm done with y'all. I don't care. I don't need to know y'all. I'm good. And then that's when I went with my my cousin and I lived with him. And um I ended up eventually living with my dad for my my junior um my and the beginning of my senior in high school because of it was it was logistically better, but I was fucking torturing myself. But um when I started playing basketball, that was when life started to make sense. Mm-hmm. I started playing basketball at 16. A lot of people like think like Why'd you start so late? Like, so people play all day live. I was like, first of all, I got tall. And, and second, I got dunked on for the first time. I was like, nah, I can't, nah, I can't. 
Man, that was a, that was, you were getting ducked on was the worst thing ever back in the day. <laughs> nah, you understand. Like, it was, okay, I got, like, I got dunked on, right, and mm. playing lunch basketball, and he threw it off the glass. I didn't understand what he was doing. Like, what the hell? What? Boom. Oh, my God. And then everybody was laughing at it for, like, three weeks, and I hated that shit. Mm. I hated it. And yeah. then my coach was like, my, 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 he was actually my assistant principal. And he was like, yo, TJ, I, you're pretty good. Like, you're for somebody who don't play at all, who don't practice. You right. want to try? I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'll try. And from that, from that on, like, it stuck with me. And it was so crazy one time that I um, was playing, like, uh, at Rucker, Rucker Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, they heard my name. People heard my name, like, TJ, like, TJ Stooks. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, Hammer's here. Like my, my dad's nickname was Hammer. Like because he used to like like dunk mad hard, apparently. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. And so, you know, I'm like, who the fuck is Hammer? And he stands up and I see him in the crowd. That's like my first time seeing him in like a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. But you can say nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I'm I'm out, yo. I'm out. And then that was when. I was like, I gotta leave New York. That's when I was like, I gotta leave New York. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, um, that fueled me to get better in basketball. And, and I was like, um, but then my fr- the first moment I had to leave, I left. I was gone too quick. Mm-hmm. I was I made a, it was a two week transition. I found wow. out I was leaving for Kansas, and I was like, bye. I t- my mom was like, why why are you leaving so suddenly? I said because of school, mom. And then she's like, you're not leaving. Yeah, she can't do nothing then. <laughs> yeah, I was 18. I was 18. So right. I was like, I could make more, I could make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. And but then but then I say it shifted my basketball, the realm shifted monumentally when I got um when I was on a Nike Battlegrounds TV show on MTV. And people started recognizing. Mm-hmm. And then my my family, they weren't jealous. They was like, you think you hot shit now, you know, and, and that was that solidified me. Yo, I, yeah, I definitely got to get out. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that like with little tidbits here and there, it, it was just I say the childhood trauma of seeing my mom and dad wanting like like just fighting over me like a, a possession and not a child. Mm. That traumatized me hard and, and um being treated like a possession and my sister's also being treated like possession you know mm-hmm. with the parents and, and you know it, it was just it's it, it, we we talked about it, me and my sisters talked about it and they were and recently and they were just like damn we went through some shit we still here right you know like <laughs> there was so many times like in my life like i was caught in the middle of shit that Easily, I could have moved. If I had moved left, I'd have been gone. But I don't know. Something told me to go right, mm-hmm. and I, and that's why I always say, like, when you how you open a conversation, how you doing today? I woke up, yo. I'm good. Right. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Because like I was, I shared a picture earlier today uh, to someone, and it was uh, me and my brother and two of our friends. So my best friend and then my younger brother's best friend. Both of them are gone. My brother's here, 
But my his, my best friend growing up and his best friend growing up passed away within the past few years. You know, and it's just like, wow, they're leaving kids that they'll never see grow up. You know, like there will never be grandfathers. Like, you know, it's just like crazy, man. Like when you think about it, it's like it's really a miracle that a lot of us are alive today. And I'm yeah. a, I'm definitely a testament of that because I have plenty of stories, you know, probably the same as you, you know, where it's like, man, something told me to leave. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I just got to go. What? Why are you leaving? I, I don't know. Next thing you know, I get a call, man, such and such just got shot and he's on life support and da, 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 he might pass. So I'm like, what? I could have been in the car with him, but something told yeah. me to leave, you know? And then yeah. when you think back at life, you just like, man, like now I could kind of see, you know, where it's like you went through so much and you look at it from a lens now of like, man, what could actually break me? You know, like I went through things that the average person does not go through. I should be thankful, like you said, that I'm alive, that I'm able to make a change and I'm able to be, you know, impactful to other people's lives. But also, you know, it's like, man, like, you know, like you, you just built this calluses of, you know, mental toughness where it's like, man, what? I, I don't it's not that big of a deal. Like I saw my, my best friend got shot in the face right next to me, man. Like what could break me losing $4.56 million. Ah, uh, man, come on. I could have, I, I could have died when I was 17. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That ass, that, like yeah. that serious, you know, when people always say, are you, aren't you mad? Aren't you upset? And, and you know, like the thing I realized about myself, I'm an enabler, like a, a, a leader enabler. Basically, you know, like just allowing people to succeed through what I can do, right? What I, what I get, what I get, and I'm not. I said I'm not mad. I'm, why would I be mad about something? I I I placed top twenty in the world, mm -hmm. in the the biggest reality show ever, right? Like, like why would I be upset at that? Granted, four point five million. It's a lot of money, mm -hmm. and somebody commented. I forget who it was on my TikTok. It said real leaders, real leaders make millionaires. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, like my grind is monumental. You know, like, like hence why, like your name, the the name of the podcast, the the, the shit caught my eye. Like that's what <laughs> I do. My grind is consistent. And right. then the same thing, same thing. My my wife, you know, like she, her grind is like that's where we mesh. Our grinds, mm -hmm. like we want to grind up, not grind forward. Because right. like people grind forward, they just look at they they, they there's no end, there's no mm -hmm. end game, there's no, it's just a, a a road. Right. Me, I'm like, I'm I'm a dreamer, you know. My my head's in the clouds all the time. Like, mm -hmm. but the thing is, is like I'm a go getter also, and she's a go getter, and that's where she we complement each other. And, and uh, um, like, like the only like I love working hard because when you get what you want. It's ten times better. Oh yeah, and then yeah. and then when you get when you when you get what you want, like truly, now you can help people get what they want. Mm -hmm. That's what you. That's what people should do. Right. Because like, like, okay, people with wealth, like Jeff Bezos or uh, the Tesla guy, Musk, whatever. Elon Musk. I don't yeah. get. I don't get how they aren't creating communities. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Like if, if I had that much money, 
I guarantee you I would run a state. Like I would I would literally make a entire community for people. Yeah. Like who, who like like and I would assist and I would, you know, give and, and travel the world just giving, giving, giving because what what, what, what do you do with forty five billion dollars? What do you do with that? What Man, do you do? I, I used to think that I could do something, but I'm like, I am such a simple guy. And I don't care about like a lot of stuff. Like as long as I have a gym, good food and a TV and a nice house, I'm pretty much fine. You know, like I don't really need like all of that stuff. Like I might see a car like, man, do you want a, a Bugatti? I'll probably be like, ah, nah, uh, I'll just get a little Hellcat and call it a day. <laughs> you know what exactly, I mean? Like, yo. I don't need like, cause, cause it's funny. Cause in America, you know, we've, especially growing up, you know, at the time where we grew up, we were just sold all of this luxurious stuff that was basically like pointless. Like they kept putting it in our face. Like you want to ride on doves. You want spinners. You want this kind of car. You want a binge. You want the tent. You want beating the trunk. You want, you know, gold chains. You want this. And now that I'm older and, you know, I made some, you know, a, a pretty good amount of money and I obtained all of that stuff. And I was like, this really doesn't do anything for me at all. Like, you would think that having those nice cars get you, like, you know, plenty of women and stuff. But it's really, like, that really is not the case. Like, I had women when I had no car, and I didn't get any more when I had a nice car. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's like, it was, it was, and it's funny because I have a friend that grew up with, like, all of the nice clothes and all the nice fashion, right? And he said that he gets more attention when he goes out and he's just, like, a regular person, Rather than like, you know, trying to be geared up, you know, wearing all of this fancy stuff. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, man, we've really been manipulated to uh to be spendthrifts, you know, to spend money, to try to make all this money, to try to just do too much. And, you know, I feel like now the climate is shifting to living a life of purpose. You know, now people are like, you know, I want to do something. I want to be impactful. Like I want to change people's lives I'm, it's just crazy how like the world energy and the frequency just shifted you know now i'm looking at kids that are in their early 20s and i'm like man the stuff that we were on you know when i was 20 like y'all man you you know it's totally different like we were about making money having a bunch of women and you know trying to buy a nice car clothes and all of that they do not care like they'll be like oh i'll just buy a regular Chevy Cobalt, you know, we're like, what? You need to get a Mustang or something. You know what I'm saying? Like something sporty, you know, but it's yeah. like they come from, I feel like now since, you know, they came from an environment where like the, the internet is prevalent they could find different communities. They're okay with being their authentic self more than ever, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's one thing for this generation, uh, um, lack of identity, mm -hmm. you know, um, with 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 us we with our generation we were people we were ourselves because we had friend groups we had we hung out we, we did like our, our extracurricular activities wasn't sitting on the screen for hours no. you know it was outside you know no. like with, with me for example the story i said and um right before i got eliminated i was jumping roofs you know and, and i i fucking slipped on a on a on water or something and I bust my ass and I oh, luckily it was only one story, mm -hmm. but you know, like that's the stuff we did. Right. And we knew it was dangerous. Right. And 
and um you know like having fun like that there was days where i would look like at the sunset and just be like oh, this is a good day and you know you know just the simple little tiny things and don't get me wrong i had to draw myself back because i was like that i was like damn i gotta make i gotta make mad money i gotta get some money you know i gotta i want this i want that i want this i want that but when i realized that um you know taking care of my family is more important than having the new phone or mm -hmm. you know uh, um getting the house we actually want to compare to what we have to deal with is more important than getting a new car you know right. and, and but i had to learn that though I, like i said i earned this i earned all this because like i like i said before i sat in the embarrassment shame of who i was and I realized, like, oh, that's why people didn't like me. That's why I didn't like myself. Mm -hmm. That's why I tried to, like, with the Harlem Wizards, I tried to make people feel as great as they can because I didn't feel as good about myself. Yeah, you know, and, and that that was my compensation. No, it's crazy that you say that, man. Because I, I, I didn't put this out there, but I was, you know, on Facebook, I've been always kind of like an inspirational person. I'll speak wisdom and life into people. But then I thought about it the other day. I'm like, man, I'm really, I'm a pretty dark person. You know, like, <laughs> I don't like to say, say about like growing up, like I love Batman. Batman was like my favorite, but you know, I would look at Spider-Man like, ah, oh, he's a, he's a wimp, you know, he's too nice. Soft as hell. <laughs> right. He's soft. You know what I'm saying? But like for me, you know, I was just like, I have a dark side, but then I was like, I don't think that, you know, me being a dark person is necessarily like a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like not to say dark like that, but it's like, I'm okay with uh, being kind of like stoic, you know, calm, collective, cool. You know, I do have a dark side. That's why I'm, you know, active in what I do. But then I started to learn that like, man, it's okay to you know, be your authentic self, like just because you're not smiling and, you know, engaging with people, because I'm also an introvert too. So I'm not like really that, um, you know, the type of person I don't engage with people off the fly. Like if you engage with me, we could talk. But other than that, I'm not like the, Hey man, how's it going? How are you? Wow. I like your shoes. Like I'm not that type of person. I'd rather just stand there and be cool, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, you know, the, everything that, is you, you know, made you who you are today. And if people like who you are today, no matter what's mixed in, in it, you know, it must be an okay thing. You know what I'm saying? I started acknowledging some of the things about me that, um, that some may say is wrong, but then I'm like, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just a part of who I am, you know, but then it's like, we try to fit ourselves in these boxes that have nothing to do with our personality. No, like you knocked them on like nail head, <laughs> like it's, like it's so crazy. Like um, you know, it, it's some people. I read every comment online. I just don't say nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So this this one lady was like, "Why does the black man always have to be the kind man?" Mm. And I was like, "Shit!" I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I even, I even, you know, I was acting so genuinely, so, so, just, just really, really trying to be something that people always, people would expect someone of my stature to be the opposite of, right? You know, because 
you've seen, um, I think right before the warships, they showed the duality of a black man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the lady was crying when we was in line, and he was like, Why are you crying for? Why are you crying? You know, but I was like, Hey, calm down. Let's breathe. Mm-hmm. Got this. Mm-hmm. And so uh, um, you know, that translated the duality of a of a black man. However, I was like him at that age also. I would have right. said the same thing. Why are you crying for? Mm-hmm. Let's get this game going. Mm-hmm. But but growing with, with growth, growth as a human being, you realize that it takes more energy being like that. Yeah. And, and maturity, when the maturity kicks in, is like when you're so when you're a soother, like the energy around you is better. Right. And but when you're like that, everybody's energy is like stifling, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um you know, with with growth, it's like one of the most beautiful one of the most beautiful things you can ever imagine in a human being because you can like for example, we we've been through this. You see, like you grow up with people, right? Mm-hmm. And you um you know they know a version of you, right? And then they they find you on Facebook. Oh, what's up? Damn, like oh, TA is good. To see you. And then be like, what's good, man? And, you know, we we, we change numbers. We talk, man, I remember you was crazy back in the day, yada, yada. Oh, I'm not like that no more. Oh, really? Like, then how are you like? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm chilling, man. I got a family man, you know, and my wife and kids. You know, like, I'm an assistant coach. I'm chilling. I'm like, I'm really, really good now. Mm-hmm. And, damn, this is a whole different version. Like, I don't know this, TJ. And, when when that growth when you when you see the growth from a different perspective mm-hmm. it's, it's like hey like i was really like that but i don't see no point in that anymore mm-hmm. and then you try to teach you, you because we've been through it right you try to teach the next generation what we've been through and the shit that your parents said are the people that like was your guardians Mm-hmm. You, I was your age one time. I've been through it, right? And then you know, I caught myself saying saying that to my kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then, you know, like the the the, the lying, the you know, little tiny white lies. Like, yeah, I did my homework, mm-hmm. right? Did you do your homework? Mm-hmm. No, no. I I know you. You're me. Stop. Right. 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 <laughs> I often have that uh, quarrel with my oldest daughter all the time because she thinks exactly <laughs> like me. So it's kind of scary, you know, so it's like I could tell when she's trying to manipulate me, when she's trying to, you know, anything she tries to do. I'm like, come on, man. You know, she's super <laughs> smart. So she thinks she could outsmart me. But I'm like, you came from my body. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, but then I guess when she learns about sex, she will understand, you know, because it's like for kids now, it's just like, oh, I was in mommy belly. But then it's like, you became my dad. I don't know. Maybe because y'all were friends. I don't, you know what I mean? But it's like they, you know, it's, like it's still people don't understand. It's like the children are in our bodies first, you know? Yeah. It's like there's life in us right now. You know what I mean? And the life comes out and it swims and impregnate, you know, impregnates the egg. 
So I'm just like, oh man, one day she'll, she'll get it. You know, like yeah. you are my daughter. I understand how you think. I know exactly how you think you can't outsmart me. You know, I get it. And then another thing that I found out, um, you know, that because I mean, right now, I guess like we're speaking about having grace for certain people based on mm -hmm. where they're at, you know, and then I ended up discovering um, that the human brain doesn't even fully develop until 25 years old. So let's say that. And then, you know, our testosterone as men, like our levels are super high when we're, you know, young men, we're in our 20s. So it's like, of course, we're going to act like, you know, sex craze and doing wild stuff and, you know, wanting to fight. And, you know what I'm saying? Because that's just, that's our nature at that time. So I look at it, I'm like, you know, hey, I, you know, I get it. You know what I'm saying? It'll be nice if you guys didn't partake in some of this stuff. But if yeah. you do, you know, I like say, I tell uh, my, my younger brothers and the generation younger than me, I'm like, look, man, I'm not going to act like y'all going to be virgins forever. But I would say that, you know, you're going to have the urge, but instead of going out here trying to knock all these bodies down, why don't you just find one woman that you could settle with because you could save time, you can save energy, and it could be consistent for you where like you don't have to worry all the time about where it's going to come from. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's best to just settle down with one woman, you know? And the, the young the young men that I say the same thing to, mm -hmm. oh, but it's boring. It's boring, man. Yo, listen, boring life, a boring life is better right. than having 10, 15 bodies. And then you hear all of a sudden you get a text, I'm late. You late to what? Right. So I'm late. <laughs> right. Right. Or you could catch something and not know where it came from. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who was it, man? I was like, you don't know. You probably was dealing with so many women. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. But, you know, like, yeah, I, I you know, having grace for people and meeting them where they at are, it's like so important because, you know, say on Facebook, right? People often ask this question. They say, you know, where did you first meet me or how was I back in the day? And I'm like, I will never post that because I know I'm going to hear some crazy stuff. Like the stuff that I did, I'm like, oh my God, you know, but then I'm like, you know, man, you were a young man. It ain't no big deal. Like you didn't do anything like that crazy, but I do have some things where I'm like, man, I hope no one ever brings this up again. <laughs> <laughs> but then instead of feeling guilty about it, I look back and I'm like, you know, I've grown, you know, and it's a good thing to to grow as a person and to at least know that, you know, like say, man, that happened. It's OK. You know, I'm a whole new person now. Like I got a wife and kids as well, you know, that I'm taking care of. So it's just like, you know, I'm not the same person. There's no way like you cannot, you know, you can't even come at me and talk the same or have the same type of conversations with me anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. and some people get stuck and some people like say I got friends. I'm sure you do, too, that are, you know, grown men and don't have children, you know, don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> like, man, I'm away. It's like, bro, what are you waiting on? Like, how old you? How old do you want to be? I know, you know like four or five people like that. Right, right, right. So it's like sometimes, you know, people that, you know, it's like instead of, you know, I would just say this just to the listeners out there. Instead of feeling guilty about something, it's probably better to just recognize your growth and be like, man, I thank God that I'm not where I used to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because growth, man, growth, it, you got to go through the mud. 
Mm-hmm. You gotta go through the mud. But once you go through that mud and, and you clean yourself with that water, you become a whole new person. Yeah. Yeah. And then the likelihood of people coming. Another thing that I do is I say when, when I think about the level that I'm at versus other people and I'm just like, man, if those people went through some of the things that I've gone through or came from where I came from, I don't even know if they could make it. You know, they probably wouldn't even be where I'm at today. So it's like the playing field isn't always level. You know what I'm saying? Because I say some of the people that would, you know, went through likely uh, childhood stories like you went through definitely aren't where you're at today. You know, like at all, you know, like the average person that comes from a broken family, especially like in, you know, the times where we grew up in is not doing that well. You know, a lot of them get strung out on drugs themselves and, you know, become victim to, uh, you know, to society, you know? So it's like looking at that, like, man, what I've been through to where I am, you know, I can look at, I can, I can, I can't really compare myself to anybody else. You know, like say Elon Musk, like Elon Musk went to a private school. If I, if he, you know, growing up, if he basically, you know, went through what I went through growing up, he probably wouldn't be where he is at. And if I was to go through what he went through growing up, I could probably do the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We just, we just, it's unfortunate we're giving a hand to lose, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not even our hand. It's not even the hand that, you know, that we deserve or the hand that we were given is just the hand that we're, we inherit inherit you know right from the pain of the last generation mm-hmm. and that's like me and my eldest sister was talking about that you know a few weeks ago like you know we inherited something that we didn't even know about mm-hmm. we inherited hate that we he was like why why and then when we started questioning it it was like looked down upon but this, this is how it is black people always struggle you know like but why Mm-hmm. And then when I when I came up with an answer myself, it was like I gotta break this cycle. I had to. I started right. looking at my entire family, you know, started with my mom and dad, see what they went through, started with my, you know, my grandma, my my granddaddy, just the they were married for like 50 years, but you can see they like they loved each other, but they wasn't in love. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um go i can go down to my my cousins you know they have you know great great families but broken households you know and and, um my sister's you know single parents for the most part and you know um like my eldest sister she basically raised my nephew on 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 her own like even though you know he lived he had the same my nephew had the same situation as me Mm -hmm. his dad lives like 15 20 miles away and you haven't seen him since he was nine and he's 18 like what and and so like wouldn't be me like exactly i'm like you're missing out on some great shit right now like my Mm -hmm. my we we, me and my nephew we have the same thing in common with anime and we talk about anime we can talk about anime for hours and we never get sick of it And, and so you know looking looking past you know, my immediate family going down the line, looking at my friends, looking at my uncles, niece, the uh, uncles, like uh, um, aunts and all that. I got to break this cycle, yo. Yeah. How do I do it? How do I do it? Though? 
because nobody has I could I can ask my mom, she's not gonna have the answer. She's gonna give me an answer, but it ain't gonna be the right one. Mm-hmm. I could look at my dad, same thing. Like, and I'm like, my my sister, my 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 sisters are such strong women because like they're raising kids in this world damn near by themselves. And you know, like, and I'm looking at my kids, looking at my wife, like, how do break this how do i break this and not fall in the pit of despair where i'm resentful for thinking i love my family Mm -hmm. and so you know and that's when the growth came when i asked that question you know with my relationship my my, me being a father me being a husband Mm -hmm. like how do i become better a better husband how do i become a better father you know and and not just being like, oh yeah, good job, kids, you know, or good job, babe, I love you, babe. You know, like, how do I become better doing it? And I, I came with the answer doing the tiniest things. Like when my kids have the most unnecessary information, I sit there and listen. <laughs> <laughs> like, like my daughter just literally before we started, she just came in. She was like, My shoes are dirty. Okay. Oh okay, you need some new shoes then. Okay, got it. And I'm like, all right. Uh, um, and then my son is like, Dad, I beat the game. Like, what game? Oh, I beat Cookie Run. Uh, um, I'm at the part where you're at. Okay. <laughs> Random information. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And then yeah. my wife, you know, like, oh, we got to do this work. We got to stat this. We got to do that. And I'm like, okay, sure. mm-hmm. let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and doing that little tiny things is, you know, making sure they're acknowledged. Making sure they hurt, making sure right. you know that like like the, that like I said before, making sure a person's heard compared to like like when when um a person listens, they actually are acknowledging what you're saying, and when a person is just hearing it, they're like, okay, you talking, I heard you talking, but what you say, right? And, and so with my family, I make sure they're they're uh, I listen to what they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very important because I feel like the um, the older generation, they definitely brush the kids off. You know, they couldn't be like, well, go clean them then. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. don't talk to me unless it's about something that I want to talk about. You know, like, say, because it's funny because, say, uh, my daughter will say, my uh, youngest daughter will be like, Daddy, can you come watch a movie with me? And I'm just like, oh, God, I don't want to sit here and watch whatever she's watching. But forget it you know like i'll I'll go ahead and do it just for her just because she wants that attention you know but then also make sure to give my kids one-on-one attention with them and make them feel special and you know reassure to them that they're special to me but i'm not like a soft dad you know i'm they definitely know like if they're out of line i'm gonna be on them but i'm not using that to like reign as a tyrant to like not give them a a voice not let them like you said be heard you know that's very important the small things that we tend to overlook makes like the greatest impact. You know, I say, I'm sure you have a story in your mind where a stranger told you something and then you just like, it just changed the trajectory of your thoughts, you know, and then you never see that person again. You know, I say I was in the airport with my daughter and this guy, he told me be tough, but also show grace. And I never forgot that randomly. Yeah. Randomly. Randomly. Randomly, he was just sitting there like people will talk to me uh, when I'm, you know, when I'm just sitting in the airport and he said that and it just stuck with me forever. It's like you could still be tough and show grace. 
You know, you could still be tough and show love. Like you could still be tough and you know, like you it's it's just a it's a balance of it. You know what I mean? Because like a lot of people be like, yeah, what's well, tough love? And I'm like, sometimes tough love isn't really tough love if the person doesn't feel loved. Mm -hmm. You know? Damn. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know you feel because that's all you know. Our generation tough love, but it's like if I don't feel the love, then all I feel is you being tough. You know. Yeah. Um. Wow. Man. Uh, um. That. Yeah. Wow. That really. Uh. That hit home. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. like that's the way I felt for a long time with my parents. A mm -hmm. long, long time, and I just, just gave them the grace to forgive them over that. Like maybe like three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. And um wow. I have I have like a story similar to yours. A guy came up to me in the airport in Newark, right? Mm -hmm. And he was like he was like he's like, son, I just feel like you need to you need to be smiled upon. I'm like, what? Like, I don't know, just some told me just come over here and just tell you that you're doing a good job. You're doing a great job. So your enemies won't attack an empty vessel. You're doing a good job. Damn. I'm like, what? Whoa. Your enemies won't attack an empty vessel. God damn. I, I, I'm, I'm like, writing that down. <laughs> yo, listen, like my chest, I felt that shit in my chest. Yeah. And I've never seen that guy ever again mm -hmm. and i'm like and I, that shit like when i say i hate when i when i like see hate online like hate about me about who i who i am on the mm -hmm. who i was portraying on the show mm -hmm. i got I, I hear his voice like it's so weird i hear his voice mm -hmm. every single time your enemy won't attack an empty vessel you're oh doing a good job and i'm like shit Man, I mean, it, it just it just makes so much sense, you know, like that. That makes great sense. Like, who's gonna rob a ship with no luxuries on it? Like, who's gonna like? No one is gonna basically att attack anything that doesn't have any beneficial value, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's like, and that's 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 a great metaphor, man. Like, that's a great metaphor. Yeah, you're right though, because I like, say. You know, uh, people being afraid of being attacked online is what stops them from spreading awareness, spreading joy, spreading love, because we know it's so easy for someone to spread hate. And then when the hate comes, you know, we don't want to we, we don't know how to handle it. Like Bishop T.D. Jakes even talked about not being online anymore, you know, and I'm like, what? Like Bishop T.D. Jakes is like, I'm fed up with the online stuff, like all of the you know, all the accusations, all of the negativity. But I was just like, man, like if he really stops, think about the people who won't benefit from his wisdom and from his impact, mm -hmm. you know, think about them, you know? So at the end of the day, it's not really about how you feel or the people that's attacking your vessel. It's about the people who are benefiting from your vessel and benefiting from, from, from your light, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, wow, and that, uh, like what you say is like it just correlates with so much with so much stuff, you know. Like, 
damn. Like, I'm like, I'm getting lost in like how many times like I've been like berated online about being positive mm-hmm. or being being like it's fake or you know, but the thing is after the show, after the show, I received so many text messages from so many other contestants apologizing and, and saying like I thought it was an act. I thought you were just doing this, just do it. No, this is you, and I am so sorry. And you know, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, it, it could have been so easy to hold on to that resentment, mm-hmm. but I'm like, like you said, the grace, mm-hmm. giving, giving, giving them the grace to, you know, actually realize, damn, they realize they're wrong. So why would I do the same thing they did to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and uh, um. You know, it was just it, it, so many people only see that one percent of our of our who we are. You know, through through a lens of a beholder that somebody deems you worthy to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the fact that I'm I'm happy that the feedback f- from who I am in the show is ninety percent positive. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the 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 you know the one thing i i know that the the brighter your light is the the more shadow you have mm-hmm. but you know but the thing is is like like you said earlier you have to understand that side you have to uh you have to walk in both sides right like i just and i just posted something on my instagram story about my my uh zodiac sign i'm a libra and it says um, Libras are social. Libras are very kind. Libras are people. People like they love talking to people, mm-hmm. but they have a they have a sadistic, sadistic side where they're just mean and, and vindictive. And I'm like, and I put a caption. I said, "This is like when I get like this, I'm the only person that could pull me out <laughs> of that. Yeah. I'm the mm-hmm. only person. nobody nobody could talk me out of it. Nobody can." Give me, I said, I'm the only person that pulled me out, but it takes a lot for me to get there. And mm-hmm. when I'm there, I'm stuck there for a long time because it took it took like a, a buildup to get there. Right. You know, it's not it's not just like oh, it just I snapped and I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. No, it's a it's a long time coming. And right. then when I when I do snap, when I when I end that person, that vindictive mean person, they're like where it came from. Oh, he's so nice. I don't know where it came from, but you know, it came from there, it came from there, 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 there. I can name fifty different people that this this attitude, this mean ass attitude came from. Mm-hmm. And it'd be the same people asking asking where it came from. Mm-hmm. That that wow. gave that, that that gave me, you know, that like fed this attitude, fed this dark side. And when when it's when it's all out, I'm mean, like, yo, leave me alone. Don't talk. And trying to save them from what they don't even know what they did mm-hmm. <laughs> and um yeah so having having a dark side is important because if you if you're all light like like uh, the movie suck right but batman versus superman movie fucking suck but there's one quote that um lex Luthor, the guy who played lex Luthor, said he said one cannot be all strong and all good mm-hmm. one cannot be all good and all strong mm-hmm and that shit, that shit, you know, like it, it stuck with me as a man. It stuck with me. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like say I have a friend that's a um, trainer, right? And he's from Philly. Um, he's been he's been locked up for five years. So, you know, he became pretty buff and he kept that same energy, right? Uh when he got out. So he's still a pretty big, strong guy. So I met him at the gym through my friend, because he was like, Yeah, we're all gonna work out together. One of the hardest workouts I've ever been through in my life. You know, and it was so tough that the guy that introduced me to him ended up not working out with him anymore, you know, and then some people will come and, you know, I'm going to work out with you guys. They'll come and leave, come and go, come and go. But me and him stay consistent with each other for like, you know, three and a half years, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and I told him, I was like, man, you know, the, your style of working out, you know, and my style as well, you have to be a little off to even like put yourself through that type of pain you know, consistently for years, you know, but we expect yeah. people that want to have the results to be able to handle that. But it's like, I, I ended up telling him, I was like, bro, I don't even think I told you, but my first time working out was on a prison yard. Like, you know, like it was crazy how it happened, but basically my friend, um, uh, his dad was a prison guard at the terminal Island prison. It's like the federal prison, um, in LA, right. It's like a small federal prison. And he will let us on the yard and we'll go into the gym and we're in there working out with prison guards. And it, it, the workout was so hard that I could barely even remember, you know, like what we did. Like I'm telling you, he was drilling us and he was a pretty wow. big guy. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So it's like, I've, I've learned, you know, like I don't really know how to go soft, you know, like say if someone challenges me to go harder, I'm a, you know, I'm a pull through with them. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna really give it my all. And so I ended up like, say, when I do train with pro bodybuilders, I'm able to keep up, you know, with almost anybody, you know what I'm saying? But then also yeah, notice definitely. that these people have like a dog in them or a dark side that pushes them to keep going that a lot of other people do not have, you know, like mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, matter of fact, in the book, um, God dog. Oh my God. I forgot the name of the book, but Michael Jordan's trainer, his name is Tim Grover. He had a book, uh, I think it's called Relentless, but he basically said that Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, and Kobe Bryant, they all have a dark side that they tap into, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what really pushed them to be great. And I was just like, you know what, instead of me trying to run away from the dark side and all the dark stuff that I went through growing up and all my childhood trauma, I just have to embrace it as being a part of me and use that as a steam to you know power my dream you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. that's really right. like yeah. yeah so it's like sometimes you know the pain could be a gift if you just know you know know what to do with it you know it could be a yeah. hell of a driver you know definitely that i use that pain in my basketball career mm -hmm. you know i use that like like just just straight like rage fury you know and, and punish my opponent like mm -hmm. Like I, I looked at my the person in front of me trying to stop me. Like you are really trying to stop me from being great. I'm going to, I'm going to destroy your spirit until you hate yourself. <laughs> and that that was that was like my game plan for forever for years. You know, mm -hmm. for like over a decade. Because, you know, granted, you, you know, big city life like L.A., New York, dog eat dog. Right. You know, and so like. If if like you don't do that first, you gonna be eaten first. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
you know, like when when I went to Kansas to play ball, people were like, why does he play so angry all the time? Why? <laughs> like, and you know, like people would, I, I would get like, I would dunk with somebody really hard, right? Boom, right? And then look at the get in their face and just like snarl at them, not even growl, just snarl like, like I would like you really trying to stop me from being the best person I can be on the court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna destroy you. I'm gonna, I wanna make your mom hate me. Like I was, I would do anything, and I was bad with it. I was like, I was like, Evelyn, you, you know, your your son is bugging out. Like he don't know who I am, and I would like get their names and their mothers, their their friends, their you know, like their siblings. Their, their I would, I would. I was one of the worst people on the court to be on the court with as an opponent. Mm-hmm. And, and because I would like systematically break you down and then ask you like, let's fight. <laughs> if you really want to do <laughs> something, I'm right here in front of you. Let's do it. Come mm-hmm. on. Like what's good. Mm-hmm. What's good. And, and you know, um, like I said, like when I, when I was like 30, I say two. Oh, and I, and I tried to play like that again, like but just full on anger. I was like, after the game, I felt like I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck. Like at first I was confused, but then I realized like playing angry, playing like that, uh-huh. you you your motor is higher, but uh-huh. you're putting more work on it, on your motor. And I was like, I can't do that no more. Mm. That was just, that was the shift. That was it was a big game too. It was a big game. It's like one of the playoff games and and overseas, and um we needed to win it, you know, mm-hmm. because it was like the number one seed and it was like the fourth seed, and we needed to win that game. And it was the first time we actually beat them, but you know it was just it, it was that's when I realized like I gotta have more fun. This is a fucking game, you know. Right. And, and now when I play, I I, I am. I'm having fun. Like I'm shooting from half court and dunking and, and coaching people while I'm busting their ass now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a different, it's a night and day difference of the person I was on the court from like 17 to like 29. Wow. And yeah, that was that again growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of uh like me working out. Like I'll listen to some of the most outlandish, crazy music, you know, to motivate me. And now I'm just like, I don't really like feel that anymore. You know, it's like I need like a different driver because I used to just be on some angry workout, like listen to some of my favorite heavy metal bands and going there, ah, you know what I mean? But I was just like, you know, I'm not sure how long I could keep this up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, but yeah, then it's like, I was, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's a bad thing, but it's just like useful for the time. And sometimes it's just like, you know, it's an outlet, you know, like some people say Kobe, when he was number eight, that's when he was really vicious, you yeah. know, but he was a young man channeling that, you know, that pain, you know, but when you get older, it's just like a little different, you know, you look at the world a lot different, you know, but then, you know, when you're, when you're a young man, you have a fire, but it's like, man, one day that fire got to go out and you got to switch it up a little bit you know yeah. you can't be like, a fiery 50 like, year old man sitting there you know like nah that's not gonna work and to to the my players the players that i coach i i always say this to them i say what kind of fire do you want to be mm-hmm. like what do you mean it's like 
I was like, do you want to be the fire that burns people that keeps them away? Or do you want to be the fire that everybody comes around to stay warm? Mm. And they're like, oh, shit. You know, they, I've never heard that before. I'm like, no, because I said it. I, I made it up. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I thought about that. And, and because the only reason why I thought about that is because the person I was. Mm. You know, like, I was a great team. I was always a great teammate. You know, it was just that I would hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the thing is, I was always in somebody's face, like mm-hmm. either poking them in the forehead. I, I, I was a wild guy when I played. You know? uh, like I was, I, I would yell in their face, and you know, at, like I said, ask them to like do something, do something. Mm-hmm. Then I'm telling you what you fucking up on. You want to be mad at me, right? And, and <laughs> like, uh, um, but I realized that's not the way because. This, this world, this generation now is not um, receptive to that. Right. They think it's disrespect now when you just try to make them better. And yeah, and they're turned, a little I, sensitive. I had, to, I had to turn down my fire a little bit. Yeah. I had to turn it down. Because, like, I, I joke with uh, one of my younger brothers, and I was like, man, I'll kick your ass. And, you know, I was just, you know, like, we'll say stuff like that, like, bro, I'll beat your ass. And but then it's like, he was like, hey, man, don't disrespect me like that. I was like, what? Like, I was like, huh? Like, you know, like, we'll say that and be like, oh, man, please. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we're like, oh, but, but, man, I know. And I'm like, and I started to break it down to him. I'm like, what would make you think I was serious? Like, what would make you think I would really try to beat your ass? You know what I'm saying? Like, I was kind of confused. I'm like, you don't assume that I would be messing with you, like, or it's a figure of speech or anything like that. You're just going to say, oh, don't disrespect. But then, it, it, you know, I kind of felt like maybe I should beat his ass because he's taking it like <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs> you know, because he was like, I was just like, man, come on, man. You know, but then I feel like we just had to grow you know, a different type of a uh, tough skin than what the kids have now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we could kind of gauge when somebody's serious or when they just talk and mess or whatever. But I'm just like, man, everything ain't disrespect. You know what I'm saying? Some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then if it is, if you consider that, you got to just take it to the chin. You know, when mm-hmm. I was on, when I was on that prison yard, um, well, not prison yard, but prison or whatever. My my guy's dad used to be like, "Man, you can't lift that little little weight. You gonna be a little girl. We gonna grow some bangs on you and make you go like this, you know." And just talking shit, man. I'm talking about like on me, but I'm just like, what could I do? This man mm-hmm. will break my, my bones. Ass. You know what I'm saying? But like one <laughs> hit, you know what I mean? So it's like I just had to take it to the chin because I thought at the end of the day. Hey, I'm working out. This dude's pushing me to be better. You know what I'm saying? Of course, talking shit is going to make you angry, but they use that anger to like push you to do more because anger can be a very, very powerful tool too. You know, it definitely can. Like it's a human emotion that's not only, you know, it's like say we, you know, like it's not only used for bad. I feel like, you know, my anger, I use it as a tool for certain things and sometimes uh, you know, pump myself to to be angry because when I am like my focus is more in t- online, you know what I'm saying? It's like you you get very focused. Well, me, I get very focused and in tune if I'm angry. Like if I'm angry, you're probably the last person that wants to come my way. Like I'm a tourist, by the way. So as I say, if you look at a bull in nature, it's just sitting there chilling. 
But if you know you come running around and trying to poke at it, it's angry and it's locking in on you, like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm a charge. Boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can probably, you know, once you get hit, it's over. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I was just like, you know, that tactic now, um, you know, they like they just take it a whole different kind of way, you know. Like yeah. I'm just like, well, just let me. I just can't really be talking like how I would talk to people in my generation. Like, say if I call some of my personal friends, you know, we'd be talking mess. You know what I'm crazy saying? Crazy though. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like, you know, in the group chat talking shit. You know what I'm saying? But then it's like, we don't take it personal. I honestly love it when I'm the one picked on and people are talking about me. Like, I think it's hilarious, you know? Yeah, same like, in my group chat. Yeah, like I know my like I'm sure some of your friends was like, man, look at this dude on this show acting <laughs> like he's super positive and he loving everybody. Well, man, I remember with you, but it's like you're not taking that offensively though, because you know it's all poking fun and it's yeah. you know something to laugh at, man. Like I really, I wish I was like your friend like that, because I was <laughs> laughing at uh, the warship scene where you was like, I got y'all, I got y'all. <laughs> You know, nobody's got to, nobody's got to get out. And I was sitting there like, man, who the fuck does this dude think he is? And I was like, he's going to, he really think he's got to be the only way to like not get anybody to lose. Like make sure that everybody wins and you fucking did it. And I was like, what? Like, I was like, okay, positive energy. You know what I'm saying? And you being sure and confident that shit works. Cause like was crazy how nobody was eliminated. Crazy. You know, the thing is, so we sure didn't know, huh? Like, I didn't know that, like, okay, when other teams played each other, mm -hmm. we didn't know until we got back in the dorms. Mm -hmm. So, like, who was eliminated, who was not eliminated. So, you know, like, when I got in the dorm and I, and I said, literally before, okay, we was lining up to go to set, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I was like, yo, mm-mm. I said nobody's going home, but this yeah. is before the game. That nobody's going home because I thought it was a tug of war. Mm -hmm. It's like, so I was like, "Yo, let's let's get them to because I trust them. Let's get them to because I trust them. Let's get him. I'll compensate for them because mm -hmm. I'm strong. I'm like, people look at me and they'll be like, "Oh, you slim, but I'm stronger than everybody here, mm -hmm. you know." And but um, when it was warships, I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Fuck yes!" I was like, because like. As I was thinking, I was like, yo, please let it be a mental game if it's not tug of war. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's tug of war. And so, like, luckily, those battleships, the warships, whatever, and I was, and I, like, I really have the app on my phone. Like, people thought I was bullshit. No, mm -hmm. I was playing, I was playing it in the hotel room before I gave my phone up. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, I'm nice with it. Yeah. So I'm like, but, but the thing they didn't show is that, you know, even though I sunk the first ship, my lieutenant sunk the set and found the second ship. She found it. I didn't know where the fuck it was. And I was like, yo, you got it. And she found it. And then we, you know, all of us was working together. And, and it was like, so in between each peg, like the, the um the peg to basically shoot at the battleships, mm -hmm. it was like maybe 10 to 15 minutes each between each one. Mm -hmm. So people were having nervous breakdowns, including me. Mm. And, and and that's why I kept saying that like yo we good got y'all like yo got y'all good mm -hmm. and, and and you know like the 161 the other guy oh like just hurry up and sing the shit like he was he was the most nervous that's why he was saying that mm -hmm. and so 
you know, like me, when I'm nervous, I try to reassure everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's what I, and that's what I was doing. <laughs> you know, like, I was nervous. Shit. Right. And, and, and I feel that when a good leader, uh, um, even though in the midst of their nervousness, their fear, they make sure other people don't feel fear. Right. Right. And that's what I was doing. That's why I consistently made sure that, you know, let them know, hey, I got you. Mm-hmm. That was amazing, man. Like, you really spoke that into existence. Because at first I was like, man, this might be some when positivity goes wrong. Like, God damn. <laughs> like, how much positive can you be? And I'm sitting over here like, man, why wouldn't he want these people to lose? Like, it's got to be a better <laughs> chance for him to win. And I was just, I just thought that was, like, so funny, man. But, you know, going to the uh, the glass scene, man, like, you know, everybody's like, TJ's going to go first. You know, he's the one in the first jump. It went Ooh. And I was like, oh. man, I I think I yelled at the TV like, no, what? And, the, you know, the way I was like, I know he didn't drop down that far. But then I ended up figuring out that it was like, you know, they ended up, uh, you know, pro- I think uh, switching all up for a stunt double or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. who the hell they found to be you, but it worked. The, 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 the guy. No, no. Let me tell you this bullshit. <laughs> so the guy that was me had a ponytail, a ponytail, mm-hmm. a long ponytail down his back, maybe 6'1", mm-hmm. and and look and looked Italian. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you know, like, so we're passing, I'm passing him, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that, you look nothing like me. He's like, hey, that's the way it goes. I'm like, no, man. See, he couldn't get a black man. <laughs> and, and you know, like there, we're in London, and you know, the the UK people, they're really, uh, they 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 think American people are truly like, like just movies, like they're out of the movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you know, like when, like today, for example, one of the uh, producers called me today and was like, I just want to catch up because we love you, like legitly, mm-hmm. like we love you, mm-hmm. and it was, it, I called her man, I call her ma'am, and she like fawns over me because I call her ma'am and I'm like huh you know like but nobody apparently is only in the movies in London that people get called ma'am <laughs> and, and, and um like hearing like seeing that my stunt double like I in the back of my head mm-hmm. am, am I getting eliminated either way mm-hmm. you know like but nah, nah, that wasn't the case. I went to the wrong square. That's it. It was 50-50. Man, that was but, so crazy. I was like, yeah. man, so it's like, so did they say, dang, you know, you hit the wrong square and like, all right, man, come on, we got we to gotta switch you out? Nah, okay, so I jumped and it was like, play, they told me like three seconds. Like, I didn't wait long. It was like almost immediate. And mm-hmm. then, um, so they, I had, I did a squat and threw my arms up and then um, they whisked me out of it. Like Dang. quick though, I was out of there quick. And then it's like going to the thing. You just pack your no. You don't really did. You have to pack yourself and then just go to the no, no. Um, I I sat in a room for like four hours. It was it was a, like a box like this big, mm-hmm. like full of full of chips and chocolate and soda and water. And mm-hmm. that was our first taste of like sugar, like j- like real sugar mm-hmm. in like a, almost a month. Mm. And and so like I would I ate that whole box too. It was like little Halloween 
versions of like the Kit Kat and Snickers and Three yeah. Musketeers and and I I smashed all that shit and I felt horrible that entire night. <laughs> I was like, let me wash it down with a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, that's well, yeah. I, I um after it uh after the show, they basically said, okay, apply for the next one. But then after I figured out y'all living conditions, I was like, there's no way in hell I could do that. Like, there's no way, bro. Like the you know sleeping around people you don't know, public showers. Then they mm-hmm. said it was like forty degrees in the red light, green light. You know, it was super cold. Oh, it was colder than that. Oh yeah, and you it was like ten, that- it was like ten degrees. Oh hell no! And you got to wear that thin jacket. They they gave us like double layers of uh thermals though, like you know they get they did the best they could. Basically. And it was four hours long too. But no, no, mine was eight. Yeah, see, I yeah, they, but then I heard that like it was just so bad that people were just giving up because they were just tired. Like it's too cold. I'm tired. And I was like, because when I was watching, I was like, why is this person just sitting down? Like. Why did they? Why does it look like they just gave gave, gave up? But then I, now I got, it, I'm like, oh my god, like that's crazy. I heard the food was horrible and all of these different things. I was just like, well, I mean, people taking the condoms and using the lubrication on the condoms for their lips. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I didn't I honestly didn't think it would be that long too. It was. It pushed us to a level that we didn't know. It like we mm-hmm. we. So red light, green light was extremely difficult. And I was one of the last ones to make it too. Mm-hmm. I was like the one of the last groups and you know, I'm celebrating and you know, like like, yeah, we made it, we made it. Then I look, you know, at the field and, and there's like maybe twelve people just crisscross applesauce. Mm-hmm. And what I do, you know, like what I did, uh, um I just turned to them. And I bowed to them. I said, yo, y'all got my respect because a lot of people would have gave up a lot sooner in your position. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, no, just go as far as you can. It was like, just go as far as you can. And I, I think that that was when it was like, oh, who's this TJ guy? And, and, you know, like in the dorms, it was like, it was crazy seeing like how much time and effort they put into building the Squid Game set to make it look like the actual show yeah crazy Mm -hmm. and then uh, um we i'd say we got fed not to be hungry right (laughs) it was it was was fed just enough not for us not to be hungry and it was who was no seasoning you know cold like not cold but warm Mm -hmm. um like lunch was terrible it was cold pasta all the time breakfast was also like even worse because it was runny oatmeal Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and uh, like our steak dinner was hamburger helper, so, uh, um, you know that was the probably the best food we had in there was hamburger helper. That's how bad it was. Damn, and you're not getting paid, and the only way for you to get paid is if you went at four point five six million, mm-hmm. and you there for a month or a couple weeks, however long you could last. Man, yeah. Once I read all that, I was like, yeah, I don't think I. That's not for me. <laughs> I was like, because if I don't win, if I only was something, I'm gonna be pissed, you know. But yeah, you know. But then it's like, hey, that's the name of the game. At least people, 
or, you know, get it a name for themselves. And I feel like it could really spark, you know, if you're a likable character such as yourself, it could really spark something, you know, because yeah. people are going to remember you. And, you know, this it could be pretty good. Because I also saw yeah. that a lot of the uh, the people on the show connected again in New York. And it was just beautiful, mm -hmm. like, seeing all of the interactions, you know, like, real bonds and friendships were made during that time, you know, with a, yeah. amongst a bunch of strangers. And, you know, it's just amazing how that happens. Like, say, you know, when I went to college in Atlanta, it was like I had to, you know, become friends with people in order to survive, you know, it's like we had depended on each other. It's like, man, I need to ride to the airport. There wasn't no Uber, man. I just got to call this, you know, call this guy I just met, just ask him, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, can you take me to the airport? I'm trying to go home. I got to be there by this time. Or, hey, man, can you pick me up from the airport? You know, I got you on the gas. Thank you. I appreciate you, you know? So, yeah, man, it's like seeing y'all depending on dependent on each other and creating those bonds, like, you know, that was a, a really, really amazing thing, especially like the, the Gongbu gang. I was like, man, that was something special, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they they made it seem like I was, uh, you know, going against them or they was going against me. We were all mad cool in there. You know, they just needed drama for TV. Oh, of course, of course. But, you know, like, say, the way I look at life as well, it's like, man, like no one's gonna say only a hundred percent positive things about you, you know, unless you're at your funeral, you know what I'm saying? But other than that, like <laughs> you know, like even your your woman or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's like she probably has, you know, 70% good things and then 30% bad, you know. But that's gonna come up. But then also people could have a change of heart, they can change their minds. I forgot the was her was her name May the lady that my 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 yeah my you know ended up feeling you know sorry for how she treated you and she started crying yeah you know so it's just like man you know TJ and but then it was like you know she was just ignorant for a certain amount of time until she found the real but then also know that it's kind of like rare you know due to the way uh, black men are portrayed in our society to see them being a positive leader such as yourself, especially you being like a tall, you know, like dominant looking black man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's like never seen before, like friendly, loving, you know, looking out for people, et cetera. So it's like, man, I was like very in tune. So I was like, man, this brother is representing us, you know, to the, to the best of his capacity. You know, it's like breaking all stereotypes, you know, like, that yes, was, uh, yeah. You know, and I and I love that, man. So I was just like, you know, then I found you on uh TikTok. I was like, man, I gotta reach out to this brother just to see. <laughs> and you know, we just made it happen, man. And I'm you know, I'm very thankful, man. Like we had a great, great conversation. Yeah, it was it just didn't feel like a podcast. This is more this is ten times more conversations. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how I basically uh I designed it, you know, because it's like I don't really like watching it seem like i'm just you know watching people talk and it's just like you're just prompting questions you know what i'm saying like i like yeah. watching like say i wanted to be like someone is sitting right next to me and they're just like a fly on the wall and they're just like man y'all saying some real stuff you know what i'm saying like that's the way i would like it to go so yeah that's my whole angle and i'm glad that uh i'm glad that you got it you know <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean i'm glad that you reached out sincerely like i'm glad i'm happy Man, appreciate you, man. Appreciate it, man. Like, yeah, I'm sure you got some big things coming. What you working on next? <laughs>
Oof. Um, well, I got a few auditions uh, for some really, really big movies. Uh, um, hopefully, I get them. Uh, um, I, had, I have a big audition for uh, anime, actually. Uh, um, mm. I, I got my second callback. I can't say what it is yet, right? But um, it's a, it's surprisingly an, an anime, and um, it's it's a it's a childhood dream. This anime that hopefully I'll be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, you know, hopefully, um, I don't know yet. I don't know for sure, but I'm definitely in high consideration to play in the NBA All Star Celebrity Game. What? So, yeah. Oh heck yeah, man! Guess that <laughs> show was worth it. And I can't yeah. wait you to. Uh, I can't wait to see you play uh, Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> 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 you, said, you said anime childhood. I was like, yeah, man. Maybe Dragon Ball Z. I don't know because because <laughs> that had I mean, that had a lot of kids in a chokehold, man. I didn't even know I, Dragon Ball Z was anime, you know, until yeah. I got older. But I just knew that we were addicted to that show. <laughs> we. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, you know, bad. yeah, one probably that like that anime specifically molded molded who I am. You know, the strong yet kind person. Mm-hmm. That that's what that's literally that's because that was my escape. Like right. anime, that was, was your favorite character anime. in uh in Dragon Ball. Yeah, Trunks, future Trunks to be specific, Damn. because he had the he had the strength of Vegeta but the kindness of Goku. Wow. Mine was Vegeta. Like, I love, you know, I'm a dark person. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I love Vegeta. I remember going to camp. They was like, okay, we're going to give you all nicknames. What do you want to call yourself? I was like, call me Vegeta. <laughs> that was my name, like, the whole camp. But I just, like, I love Vegeta. Like, he was smart. He was, like, a revolutionary. You know what I'm saying? He was, like, mm-hmm. down. Like, the way they did his character... It's like now that I'm a grown man, I was like, that was kind of genius, you know. Like he wasn't a pushover. He, you know, you could kind of, you could gay. Yeah, well, he could also agree to certain things as well. But yeah, I could, I could definitely see Future Trunks uh, being a character. That's also my wife's favorite character. She said she used to have a crush on uh, Future Trunks. I was like, oh my god. But yeah, oh my I god. Him first coming, I was like, what? Oh, yeah. And Vegeta had a baby. I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the way they hit us with that, like I was like, "Wow, this is this is random." But yeah, yeah, yeah I could. Yeah, yeah. And then it's also uh, going back to what I said earlier, using the anger as a power because they'll sit there, they'll be angry, and they'll just you know sit there in their anger, and they'll become Super Saiyan. You know, and I remember first seeing Goku become Super Saiyan. I was like, "Whoa!" You know, like he was he was hot. Changed my you know? life. Yeah, like. Seeing seeing a person, I seen that without subtitles on a bootleg VHS, mm-hmm. uh, um, and I'm like, you know, like I seen the episodes before then, you know what led up to it, but I didn't see what happened for a long time, how he turned Super Saiyan, mm-hmm. and I seen it, and I'm just like, that shit like shivers up my spine, and, and the, the, the it was it wasn't a scream, you know, like it was it was like a roar, yeah, and, and I was like, like I, I was stuck on it. I was stuck on it for weeks until it came on Toonami. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. five years later. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy, man, because it like when he first became it, it took a lot for it to happen. 
But then, like, after a while, he just did it, like, you know, like that. Like, whenever he wanted to turn Super Sam, it was like, boop, you know what I mean? But it was just, like, it's just amazing how they did that show, man. It's, like, that really captivated me. I think I'm going to watch it uh, again as a grown man. <laughs> but, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, looking forward to seeing you in this celebrity game, brother. You know, we just got to be as positive as you were on the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure anything you put your mind to, you could do, man. You know, and this oh, is, this has been a, a very, very great conversation, bro. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Since in this name of my side, it's a right. great combo. Yo. And if you ever come to LA, let me know. I don't think I'll ever come to New Mexico in my life. Is that right? No. Yeah. Are you in yeah, New Mexico? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'll you're not, ever. You're not missing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, one of my friends, his dad is from New Mexico, and I was like, "Black people in New Mexico?" Like it was, I was like, "Oh man, I, you know, I'm from L.A., so me going out there, I'll probably be like, ooh, yeah, yeah, you will." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, if you ever come out here, brother, let me know again, bro. Thank you very much, appreciate it, man, and you have a great rest of your day. You too, brother. All right, <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Mm -hmm.